everyone, my name is Nina. Hello everyone, my name is Paris. And uh, we're from Women for Wanawake, which is a women's rights organization centered on empowering women and fighting for the equality for their rights. So this uh, organization actually derived during a crisis, so during COVID. Uh, Nina and I met and we instantly connected because we're both so passionate about women's rights. And we thought this is the best time to galvanize, get our efforts together to really bring about change um, and not let the COVID blues get us down. There's still a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work to continue uh, for women's rights. And so this is, this is the time to come together and do it. So Nina, do you want to tell uh, our listeners just a little bit about yourself and kind of what, inst what interests you in fighting for women's rights? Thank you so much, Han. You know, um, I am so excited to be part of this movement with you. And I feel like we're on the exact same page in terms of fighting for women's rights and racial equality and environmental justice. Um, a little bit about me. I've been organizing to fight for rights at risk for the past, I don't know, like five years so since I graduated. Wait, it's 2020. No, it's <laughs> not five years. For the past few years, three, four years since I graduated. Um, because I believe that the far right are very detrimental to our rights, but just to generally anyone who's not a white man. And no offense to white men, I think a lot of white men also have their own problems, um, but it really is a case of there is this um, past status quo they're fighting for that doesn't exist anymore. And the majority of people know that. And um, so I just think the more um, organizations that organize and galvanize, the better. Um, so I suppose my activism begun with Brexit. I was very anti-Brexit, super anti-Brexit because of the rights at risk. And so I organized a few events in Westminster and lobbied some nice and some not so nice politicians, a lot of them not so nice. Uh, but we've got an exciting politician coming up soon um, on our podcast. But uh yeah, so I suppose that's just a bit about me and um, law and policy as well is kind of like my nine to five. Um, but I always, I always try and link that back to fighting for women. Um, Paris, can yes. you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and a little bit about your background too? Yeah, thank you for that, Nina. So for me, like Nina, uh, I come from, yeah, policy, politics background. So my undergrad was in uh, politics and sociology and then my master's in human rights law but during my career I have worked for policy organizations centered around the environment um, but in terms of my formative career years I've worked in uh, global health and what I found is that women are always mar more marginalized and worse off during these crises so in terms of maternal health in terms of mental health in terms of economics access to social um, rights that they should have, uh, even to, you know, to get a house, to own a car, to doing things that we in England actually, I know myself take for granted because something that I've never been denied. So um, just seeing that and coming from, you know, very strong women who have had to, uh, you know, really fight to get what they have uh, coming from Africa, you know, it's still a bit behind in terms of women's rights issues. So it just made sense to me that that's what I should be doing. And as a woman, this is my problem. This is uh, just because I don't always feel the devastating effects of uh, women's inequalities uh, doesn't mean that I shouldn't be part of this process to really working hard to make sure that everyone doesn't go through that, not just some people, depending on where they live. Um, so this is where Women for Wanawake came. As I mentioned, um, 
coming from an African country. So what Nina and I wanted to do is make sure that the name embodies us and, and also the community that we live in. So Wanawake actually means uh, women in Swahili. So if you say in English, it's women for women. And we wanted to have that global arm, that global feel. We wanted everyone to be able to relate to it. Uh, we want it to be kind of all encompassing or welcoming. And so that's where it derived. And we just want, you know, obviously we're basically, well, we're in England, we're in London, but we don't want to leave out other amazing organizations doing work globally, particularly in the global South. Uh, we want to be working with them in any way we can. So that's really where the name came from. And uh, I think it's got a nice ring to it, Nina. What do you think? I, I do. I, I really, really do. Because we're thinking about, I remember when we were brainstorming some names. There's so many good names that you came up with, but it was kind of like, it was a bit lacking a bit of both of us, basically. So I yeah. think um, because your is Swahili your mother tongue, would you say? Or is it, it is my mother tongue, yes. Yeah. yeah, so in Kenya, that's the spoken language by everybody, and then you have your tribal languages. So yeah. I think uh, people, you know, a lot of people in East Africa can, can relate to, uh, you know, Wanawake. Um, yeah. And I think it's got so, a great ring to it, too. I think it's, it rolls off the tongue, and yeah. um, I think visually it looks good as well. And I think it's nice. I wonder what women means in lots of different languages. I wonder, I hope listeners here today are thinking about maybe if you speak another language, what woman means in your language and how it sounds. And uh, so I just think it's, we want to be like, our main aim is to make this a, a global, global reach. And our feminism is intersectional. So our struggle is not over until all women are okay and all women have an equal opportunity and equal, um, an equal choice, basically, to make decisions for themselves. And, um, that, and when I talk about intersectionality, I mean ways that um, we are affected differently. Even though we are all women, there are unfortunately environmental factors and social factors which have really prohibited our equality. Um, so my my lived experiences will be very different to Paris and my lived experiences will be very different maybe to someone a woman in a wheelchair as an able-bodied woman um, so my experiences are different to like I don't know someone with lots and lots of money so it's like we all gotta realize our own privilege and um, compare ourselves to others but also empathize and and use our platforms for someone that didn't have a platform or needs a seat at the table yeah absolutely and also as well you know if you identify yourself as a woman now but you weren't born one you're still we still are working for you so it's not it's whoever identifies themselves as a woman isn't is included in our work you know we're not here to discriminate we're not here to judge everyone has a right to identify who as as whatever they want to identify as, as whoever they want to identify as. and this is the whole point of Nina and I coming together being like, we are literally for everybody. And as Nina said, initially our principal aim is about women, but also we're really interested, sorry, about the environment, how that affects women and the community at large. Um, and obviously racism, that how affects, you know, women and everyone at large. So this is a kind of an organization which is just really trying to hopefully make the world a better place by exactly. connecting with all of you and joining the work that you're doing to do so. so yeah, but it's an interesting week, isn't it? It has been such an interesting week and such an interesting quote-unquote year. I hear it so funny because I listen to quite a few podcasts and whenever, I talk, whenever anyone talks about 2020, they always kind of like trail off in some kinds. What a strange year. What an interesting time. What times are we living in? It's like, I just feel like now I'm repeating what everyone said, but it really is such strange times. And I think... um 
One of the positives, though, of this week or the last few weeks is the movement of women in Poland who are fighting against yes. the most recent judgment, trying to make abortion illegal. I know. It's such a beautiful thing to see, especially as this is a time of crisis. You know, people's lives are at risk, people's health are at risk, people have lost their jobs. But this actually precedes all that negativity because people are like, you know, we've got all this going on, but that doesn't matter. We need to fight for women. We need to fight for equality and particularly abortion being such a serious uh, procedure and the fact that that's, you know, people could lose their lives. And so we're regressing and that being taken away and a lot of women and young people or people that have been attacked, raped, abused, um, having to go through that is just unbelievable and it just should not be happening. So to see people really coming together and in Poland, which is quite a um, conservative uh, country, and saying no. And I think women are really taking matters into their own hands. And I think this is kind of like a, a catalyst from the Black Lives Movement um, that started early on the year, and then Me Too Movement, which has been going for a couple of years, where people are like, this is important. We can't rest until we're all equal. Because COVID affects women more than men, because obviously they're the caregivers, they're the ones at the front line working. So we have to fight for women to be able to enjoy the rights and liberties that everyone else does, or men do. Um, and men need to be held accountable and they need to know that we are not, and particularly the men who are imposing these ridiculous laws, that we're not going to stand down, COVID or no COVID. So I'm really, I'm really empowered by that because, um, you know, people have been told to stay at home and there's like thousands of people. Um, and just, yeah, I think it's great. And I think, you know, we're really onto something. I think the women's rights movement all together in 2020 and this could really bring about big, big change and continue the work that's been done already. I agree. I agree. I think there's been a lot of um, artistic, incredible creation, creativity going on in this time of crisis. And I think that often happens in time of crisis. There is a lot of beautiful things that do happen and good people get together. And as we saw recently, um, Michaela Cole's I May Destroy You, which took the world by storm, took the UK by storm. I think we could all relate to it in different ways and also in a very similar way as women. And um, I just found that series super, super exciting. And also I, I learned a lot as a white woman as well, kind of just like really interesting um, bits that Michaela Cole decided to include. I remember one scene about um, how she would, she'd be very honest with the way that she um, basically styles her hair, which I think is important. Because I think there's a lot of, um, I think the way that series and films are cast in the UK, it's quite whitewashed and not reflective oh. of society. And I think Michaela is the future. And I think I May Destroy You is that. And I just, I thought it was wicked. What did you, yeah, did you watch uh, it, right? I did. And yeah. it's about being bold. It's about women coming to front and not feeling that they have to apologize, not taking the whole no thing. You can't do this because you actually turned down a lot of money to be featured on Netflix. I mean, she really just run this. She was like, this is for women. This is for people. This is even to educate young boys, men about women and what we go through, um, accessing health, um, being sexually attacked, you know, the different, um, standards for working what we're expected to do and she was like this is going to be really uncomfortable this is going to make you feel really bad and weird and really thought-provoking but we need to see this and as well you know exploring kind of the racial politics in the UK which people think is very different to America and then how that's also centered around more on women I think that was really interesting because I think it's not it's not something that we all experience um, even as a woman of color myself um, I've been quite fortunate to not experience some of the things that I, some of my friends have experienced. And, um, and I thought it was really important for that to be 
represented. Um, and you know, we need to be uncomfortable because people are uncomfortable. So we need to kind of get the harsh truth. So, um, and then Miss America alike. Yeah. So just to, I want to mention one more thing about I made a story, yeah. which I think that like the listeners would appreciate and because I've heard this spoken about quite a lot too. Mm-hmm. I was so surprised to hear um, or rather see the scene where, you know, when she's dating that writer and yes. he goes back to her house and we think, oh, he's so nice. What a nice guy. And then he basically takes off his condom and he comes inside her when she mm-hmm. didn't want him to. And it turns out, because it's news to me, that that is a form of rape and I so i think that was a lot that then kind of triggered a whole movement because now i've heard that a lot being spoken about amongst women's circles friendship groups and me and my friends spoke about it a lot and it is something that is very educational i Absolutely. strongly believe that every single guy should watch it and i'm gonna make my brothers and my boyfriend watch it which they haven't done yet yeah. but i think it should be it's almost like uh yeah it's like a good guide of what not to do and how to treat women yeah exactly and for women to recognize it as well themselves i think definitely educating young boys but also as women to recognize forms of abuse which sometimes are so subtle that you don't realize and even for him obviously he didn't seem that he was doing it you know intentionally or on purpose but the fact that he was so oblivious and you know the female body is always seen as owned by a man and controlled by you know and so i think that was a good way to say, yeah, I obviously wanted to have sexual intercourse with you, but, you know, don't push it without consulting me. So obviously, um, it's just us being aware of, of that. And, and yeah, I didn't know. And I was actually really shocked. I was like, oh my God, we need to be having more of these conversations. Um, so for her to do that, I think that must have been quite a hard thing to do. And, um, and a, lot of her, a lot of the show is actually based on true experience, real life. So just can you imagine being in that position? Because obviously you like the guy you know, it's not outright rape because you consented, but you didn't consent that far. We also, I think consent is a big thing. Um, but it is actually legally, because, apparently it's legally recognised as rape, even if you do consent, if you've said no, no to um, not having the condom on and because the guy took it off without her. And no, without telling her. Then yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah, but people wouldn't, I'm sure a lot of people, that, that might have happened, but they didn't realise it was rape. So it's just like, knowing that just the different forms it can go on and it might not be what you know is like what we see in you know crime watch or whatever but it can you know in many forms and we need to be aware of that um so yeah i mean it was really interesting and i think a lot of people are going to be really thinking about that now and i hope so um because as i said consent is a big big thing and people think consent is like a one thing but it's a lot of things you know so even in your relationship that can rape can also take place and we've got so much domestic violence happening during this COVID period. And some people might say it's not because that's my husband or that's my partner, but you know, that those things happen. I really fear for the women that are living with abusive partners, because I know we're going, obviously guys this week, we're going into lockdown two as we're speaking. I think the podcast is going to come out when we're actually in lockdown now. And so for anyone at home who is potentially living with an abusive partner or an abusive friend, there are, there are helplines out there and we'll try and put some um maybe like some help help in the show notes at the end but seriously you're not alone and there there are solutions um because as paris said like there was a massive rise in domestic violence during the first lockdown and we can't have that happen again in the second so just know that you're not alone we're in this together and also it also happens to men too so anybody anyone that's feeling that they're in 
their abuse. Obviously, it's mostly disproportionately women, um, but anybody going through abuse, you shouldn't have to, to go through that. And, you know, I think that one of the uh, exemptions for staying in the house is domestic violence if you're running away from, um, you know, harm. So the government also recognised that this is a very serious problem. Uh, we're all under a lot of pressure, under a lot of stress, we've lost our jobs, losing family, but that's not an excuse for DV, but it's just saying that they're aware that these things are happening during this time and that there is resources to help you. So yeah, definitely. I think that's a good idea to share those details. For sure. So, and so what exciting stuff do we have coming up? Because I know we talk about this is the hard thing with the feminism. I feel like a lot of it seems like doom and gloom, but not. I feel like this is a very exciting time to be a woman uh, or to just be Absolutely. supporting women's rights as a man and be a feminist because there are a lot of incredible leaders that have been born out of crisis. As we know, women have been very good at responding to the COVID-19 pandemic, as we've seen Absolutely. in New Zealand with our incredible Jacinda Ardern. Me and Paris are a bit yes. obsessed with her, so I'm sure you probably mm-hmm. are. <laughs> yeah, and then Kamala Harris, who's running for office with Biden. She's amazing. Um, who else? Uh, the uh, woman in Mia um, Motley Taiwan. in the Caribbean as well. Yes. I can't remember which country, but she was just Barbados. Barbados, exactly. She was just proper, straight to the point. She's obviously, I think with these leaders, so Jacinda and Mia particularly, they have a history of just being good, being a good mm. leader. So when you, if you're a good leader and you have the trust of the people, people will do what you say. Unlike Boris Johnson over here with no mm. trust, with his right-hand man breaking all the rules, getting his kid with coronavirus all the way to Barnard Castle wherever he went, it's yeah. like the trust isn't there. So with this lockdown, I'm surprised that people are even going to do it. I mean, I'm doing it because I care about my dad's vulnerable. There are people that I know are vulnerable, so I want to do it in solidarity with them, but mm. not for the government. No, and I think it's because they don't have a very holistic approach to their policies and you know, how they run the country because it's really just centered around certain groups of people. And this is part of the reason why women's rights are such a low agenda for them because they they think like well we'll do this and that will help everybody but no it's like you've got to make sure that you know equity so equality is important but you've got to make sure you're bringing people up to the same level because we're not all from the same level so their policies is just so one-dimensional and then someone's always getting hurt and unfortunately it's women and people that are poor so and people of color so i think that's why people don't trust them because they just don't they're not holistic in anything that they do whereas a woman uh you know our primary well, is to look after the family. So we do have to think about everybody. We don't just think about what we're doing. You know, it's our job to be the ones concerned about who's got doctor appointment here, who's got this soccer practice, who's got the bills, who's going to pay them, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that's why people don't trust Boris. And and... Yeah, and soon we'll live in a world where we will have a choice and we don't have to be the sole carers. Because I know, yeah. as you said, like right now, that is seen as our job, but it shouldn't be. A man should feel just as inclined to look after the house and do the chores and do the washing up just as much as as his sister, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we are slowly getting towards that state. Once we've got that state where, where a daughter and a son both feel inclined to do the washing up, I think we're in a good place. <laughs> and yeah. both inclined to look after the children. Um, but yeah, you're right. I feel like right now we are, we are definitely looked at as the sole carers. And that's why I think we said before, coronavirus has been bit regressive and and quite straining on uh, the women's fight for equality because of the amount of caring women will have to do and the majority of nurses that are women too 
and that in itself is massive so yeah and they're the front line you know um so i think it's just making sure that we keep fighting and saying we want to actually be the ones in control to what position we are in society so some women are very happy like in Mr. america one of them was really happy to be at home and look after absolutely fine complete respect if another one wants to go out and work and doesn't want children and doesn't want to fit into that's also fine it's about respecting women's choices and not being told as a woman you should be doing this and also as women not discriminating discriminating other women because they choose not to do what you choose so if one wants to stay at home and have 10 children that's her business um we shouldn't be as women coming against each other for what's been created in society to divide us from everybody else and the ability for us to have the equal opportunities and rights as everybody else in society so you know let's just come together um we're fighting for choice we're fighting for choice exactly as you said that's what we're fighting for we need that choice to say i'm gonna do this today or i'm not you know um and that's what a lot of them jamila jamil is talking about with abortions and roles of women in society that's been one of her biggest things really about stop telling us what to do stop you know how to dress what we should all this thing that's like come on like so we're in true. 2020 now stop it you know and um, so the, um was it scarlet curtis she wrote a book called feminists don't wear pink and other lies and i think that was quite nice um it was a lot of essays basically by women of saying like I'm a feminist, but essentially, or like I can, I know with Deborah um, Francis White is that I'm a feminist, but it's all kind of like really debunking the myths of what a feminist should be. Yes. And I think that is a beautiful thing that we are almost in the fifth or the fourth wave of feminism, where feminism is becoming very mainstream and cool, which is very different to, I think, the 70s, where it was looked at as like, oh, you're a hippie, you're like hairy, whatever. But like now being hairy or like being wearing pink and like being super feminist it, it's cool and i think you should join the movement <laughs> yeah and make it and make it fit for you as long as it's uh giving hope and love and peace to everybody right so it's just yeah and that's a big thing about our view right we're just super non-judgmental you know whoever is interested in coming to join force with us even men you're welcome as long as your focus is to empower women that's all we care about we don't care about any other things that you've you've got going on exactly and so paris some exciting guests that we have coming up so like we're going to be doing um or rather interviewing a new guest every single week um women that we are obsessed with and that we think empower and inspire and um are professionals or not but just anyone that we think could really help you feel good and um make you want to change the world so who's our first guest paris Ooh, drum roll. So it's Dawn Butler, MP for Brent, Labour MP. So we are so excited to have her on our first podcast. I mean, Nina and I, when we first met, again, this is one of the, one of the women that we talked about saying how much we loved and adored. And that's how we knew that we connected. We are forced to come together because we really do um, kind of have the same outlook on and people that we admire. And she's done so much for women. She's done so much for youth. She's done so much for people of colour. She's just such a cool woman. I feel like, Nina, you know, if we saw her on the street, we could actually talk to her and be like, oh my God, what you, you, like, you look so cool or what are you up to, where are you going? And you know, she'll give us so much words of wisdom because I think she's, well, I like her, I feel she's a relatable politician. I feel like you can have fun conversation with her, but she's also very serious and very focused on her thing. And I think she relates to young people because she's got both. I think she's not like proper politician, politician. So it's really exciting to talk to her and just, Get information about her career, what she's doing, 
what she thinks of women's rights right now, how dissimilar they are to her coming up. So yeah, I'm really excited. I know you are as well. I mean, we're just, we can't believe it. We're like pinching ourselves still. It's super exciting. And it's actually, it's, it's interesting because we're going to be talking to her on election day. <gasps> so the results would have come yeah. out on Thursday. So we're definitely going to get her insight as a politician. Um, any similarities to what's going on here as the US. So it'd be super interesting to pick her brains. But yeah, I'm a little bit worried about Thursday. I know, me too. I mean, Fingers crossed. <laughs> I just think, I mean, for me, what I've been reading is quite similar to the whole Hillary Trump thing. I think Biden is seen to be someone from the establishment and he just hasn't really galvanized the votes for the middle, middle voters. And that's where literally the voting is. So if he doesn't get that by then, because he, again, he doesn't seem quite relatable to some people. And I think some of the things that he said uh, and also being, you know, a white male, uh, you know, and, but trying to get like the left votes is not really going to, I mean, the only hope he has is because he's got a woman and she's of color. I feel like that's the only thing that's going to bring him back to the, the middle, but I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's interesting because he's, um, he's, so Biden is actually ahead in the polls right now, but there's a similar thing happened with Hillary, but then yeah, exactly. he's ahead in the polls, but he's, he's more ahead than Hillary. So apparently like Texas, more okay. people have turned out, they've actually, more people have done a postal vote in Texas than they turned out to vote in Clinton and Obama. Oh, wow. So like, or no, it wasn't, sorry, um, then Obama and Trump, I think. So like there's been loads of people already turn out. So basically okay. what affects Trump is, I've done a little bit of research um, recently, is, is he's trying to not make people vote. So the, the yeah. least people that turn out to vote, the better for him. So that's why like with Democrats, they should just be saying to everyone, vote, 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 which they are, that's their main thing. Whereas Donald Trump's administration is saying, basically just don't turn out to vote <laughs> it's like stay at home <laughs> yeah but then he's telling everyone to go out and not wear masks so True. kind of like what you know i think he's just you know he's just not been a very good leader and he's really just creating such a bad um represent rep reputation i mean we had obama and politics move so forward again like the women's rights move so forward with women's rights and then we're going all the way back to the beginning not even like halfway so it's just a bit like, you know, we need to get rid of him because I feel women's rights and, and you know, uh, international development and uplifting poorer countries, that's going to be so bad. That, and that will affect us in the UK. I think we've got to remember that we are, what they say, like getting into bed with America because we've kind of got out of bed with, you, with um, the EU. And, you know, and we've done it before with the Iraq war. So, I mean, this is just what we do. So it's just like, it will affect us what's happening to a woman in Kansas. You know, they, I mean, you can't even have an abortion there. Uh, that, that's complete. So they, they'll get arrested uh, and put in prison or whatever. So yeah, we don't want to be solidarity. Britain, like a little USA. And uh, no. as you said about um, them trying to now make abortion illegal too in the US, that is insane. The, the oh. thought that that could happen in England isn't so far off. I mean, we've got Northern yeah. Ireland still abortion is illegal there so yeah. we really and we have such an unrepresentative government such a a whitewashed um private school filled cabinet who only yeah. really care about themselves and profiting off this 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 election and i don't know in their own weird way so i feel i i, I feel like if they can get trump out biden is not the solution but at least trump is out and 
you can yeah. scrutinize Biden a lot better um, and you can hopefully he could pave way for someone better after him. Yeah, the lesser of two evils. And I think having a woman with him as well, uh, somebody who's more down to earth. I mean, she didn't come from privilege, so she's had to work her way up. So I think she can really understand and speak to issues affecting, you know, people that are poor or people that are not, you know, from Harvard or these big um, Ivy League universities there. So because that's where that's where the mismatch is in America is like the divide in this country, like the gap between rich and poor. They want to get rid of Obamacare, Domestic um, Violence Act for women. Um, also LGBTQ people like, you know, the, the way they're treated. I mean, it's disgusting. So I think we need someone who's measured. We need the best of two. So Biden can speak to the rich. Kamala can speak to the middle to poor. And then that's, uh, again, a holistic approach. Right? Let's see what we happens then. Let's see what happens yeah. because we don't know <laughs> all this chat. We don't know what's going to come. But I, I also feel like we have hope. That's the main thing. Neither, neither, neither Biden or Trump can take the hope from us and no. take the hope from the people in America that have felt the wrath of, of, of basically white supremacy right now that is a plague in America and mm -hmm. Europe at the moment. And I think just defeating Trump is one way of... of putting a stop to that plague yeah um but like paris so about our very very exciting guest so that's super exciting so we really we really really hope that you guys join us again next week for another feminist filled um changing the world chat yes please and again as nina said you know there is a lot to be positive about you know we've got people like dawn butler jacinta arden you know kamala harris we've got you know communities coming together you know, we've got the Marcus Rashford feed the kids. I mean, it's that's not necessarily women's rights. It's about us coming together, about community and how in COVID people are really coming together. And so, and the fact that Nina and I even here starting this movement, that's because of women before us that have given us, us this platform. And we hope to inspire you guys. And we hope to work with you guys um, to really fight for women and hopefully abolish this nonsense about women being lesser people in society. Um, so just look at the positives. Hug your friends, hug your family, be kind to one another. Yeah. Um, you know, peace and love to the world. And actually, we really need that now. So we're getting into lockdown. So it sounds cheesy, but it really is important. Um, so just keep shining. Love and light. Love yourself. Yes, definitely. Exactly. Um, so guys, yeah, please do join the movement. Um, in the show notes below, you'll see our Instagram handle, our Twitter handle and our email. And if you have any questions for us or for Dawn Butler, please do send them in and we will make sure that she gets them. And we'll even maybe try and ask her um, on the podcast too. And if you have any questions for us, um, yes, just send them our way. And we're really excited to be doing this. Yay! I am so excited to be doing this with you, Nina. So, yeah, let's let's go, let's rock, let's do it. We want to say a big shout out to Marissa McKinnon, the artist behind the track that's about to play out. And we hope you love the tune as much as we do. Follow the link below to hear the whole track. Woo! Bye.
Tony, 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 Tony,